0: Random Knowledge, Episode 34, Nancy Reagan Nancy Davis Reagan was an American film actress and first lady of the United States from 1981 to 1989. She was the second wife of President Ronald Reagan. Reagan was born in New York City. After her parents separated, she lived in Maryland with an aunt and uncle for six years. When her mother remarried in 1929, she moved to Chicago and later was adopted by her mother's second husband. As Nancy Davis, she was a Hollywood actress in the 1940s and 1950s, starring in films such as The Next Voice You Hear, Night Into Morning, and Donovan's Brain. In 1952, she married Ronald Reagan, who was then president of the Screen Actors Guild. He had two children from his previous marriage to Jane Wyman and he and Nancy had two children together nancy reagan was the first lady of california when her husband was governor from 1967 to 1975 and she began to work with the foster grandparents program reagan became first lady of the united states in january 1981 following her husband's victory in the 1980 presidential election early in his first term she was criticized largely due to her decision to replace the white house china which had been paid for by private donations and for accepting free clothing from fashion designers. She championed recreational drug prevention causes when she founded the Just Say No Drug Awareness Campaign, which was considered her major initiative as First Lady. More discussion of her role ensued following a 1988 revelation that she had consulted an astrologer to assist in planning the president's schedule after the attempted assassination of her husband in 1981. She generally had a strong influence on her husband and played a role in a few of his personnel and diplomatic decisions. After Ronald Reagan's term as president ended, The couple returned to their home in Bel Air, Los Angeles, California. Nancy devoted most of her time to caring for her husband, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 1994, until his death at the age of 93 on June 5, 2004. Reagan remained active within the Reagan Library and in politics, particularly in support of embryonic stem cell research, until her death from congestive heart failure at age 94 on March 6, 2016. Early life
1: and education Anne Frances Robbins was born on July 6, 1921, at Sloan Hospital for Women in Uptown Manhattan. Davis gave her birthdate as July 6, 1923, a date cited through most of her life. She was of English descent. She was the only child of Kenneth Seymour Robbins, a farmer-turned-car salesman who had been born into a once-prosperous family, and his actress wife, Edith Prescott Luckett. Her godmother was silent film star Alan Nazimova. From birth, she was commonly called Nancy. Robbins lived her first two years in Flushing, Queens, a borough of New York City, in a two-story house on Roosevelt Avenue between 149th and 150th Streets. Her parents separated soon after her birth and were divorced in 1928. After their separation, her mother traveled the country to pursue acting jobs and Robbins was raised in Bethesda, Maryland, for six years by her aunt, Virginia Luckett, and uncle, Audley Galbraith. Where she attended Sidwell Friends School for kindergarten through second grade. Nancy later described longing for her mother during those years. My favorite times were when mother had a job in New York, and Aunt Virgie would take me by train to stay with her. In 1929, her mother married loyal Edward Davis, a prominent conservative neurosurgeon who moved the family to Chicago. Nancy and her stepfather got along very well. She later wrote that he was a man of great integrity who exemplified old fashioned values. He formally adopted her in 1938, and she would always refer to him as her father. At the time of the adoption, her name was legally changed to Nancy Davis. She attended the Girls' Latin School of Chicago, from 1929, until she graduated in 1939, and later attended Smith College in Massachusetts, where she majored in English and Drama, graduating in 1943. Acting Career
0: In 1940, a young Davis had appeared as a National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis volunteer in a memorable short-subject film shown in movie theaters to raise donations for the crusade against polio. The Crippler featured a sinister figure spreading over playgrounds and farms, laughing over its victims, until finally dispelled by the volunteer. It was very effective in raising contributions. Following her graduation from college, Davis held jobs in Chicago as a sales clerk in Marshall Field's department store and as a nurse's aide. With the help of her mother's colleagues in theater, including Zasu Pitts, Walter Houston, and Spencer Tracy, she pursued a professional career as an actress. She first gained a part in Pitt's 1945 road tour of Ramshackle Inn, moving to New York City. She landed the role of Si Chun, a lady-in-waiting, in the 1946 Broadway musical About the Orient, Lute Song starring Mary Martin and a pre-fame Yule Brinner. The show's producer told her, you look like you could be Chinese. After passing a screen test, she moved to California and signed a seven-year contract with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios Inc. In 1949, she later remarked, joining Metro was like walking into a dream world. Her combination of attractive appearance, centered on her large eyes, and somewhat distant and understated manner made her hard at first for MGM to cast and publicize. Davis appeared in 11 feature films, usually typecast as a loyal housewife, responsible young mother, or the steady woman. Jane Powell, Debbie Reynolds, Leslie Caron, and Janet Leigh were among the actresses with whom she competed for roles at MGM. Davis's film career began with small supporting roles in two films that were released in 1949, The Doctor and the Girl with Glenn Ford and Eastside, Side starring Barbara Stanwyck. She played a child psychiatrist in the film Noir Shadow on the Wall with Anne Southern and Zachary Scott. Her performance was called Beautiful and Convincing by New York Times critic A. H. Weiler. She co-starred in 1950's The Next Voice You Hear, playing a pregnant housewife who hears the voice of God from her radio. Influential reviewer Bosley Crowther of The New York Times wrote that Nancy Davis left the White House. Following the assassination attempt, she strictly controlled access to the president. Occasionally, she even attempted to influence her husband's decision-making. Beginning in 1985, she strongly encouraged her husband to hold summit conferences with Soviet General Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev, and suggested they form a personal relationship beforehand. Both Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev had developed a productive relationship through their summit negotiations. The relationship between Nancy Reagan and Raisa Gorbacheva was anything but the friendly, diplomatic one between their husbands, Reagan found Gorbacheva hard to converse with and their relationship was described as frosty. The two women usually had tea and discussed differences between the USSR and the United States. Visiting the United States for the first time in 1987, Gorbacheva irked Reagan with lectures on subjects ranging from architecture to socialism, reportedly prompting the American president's wife to quip, who does that dame think she is? Press framing of Reagan changed from that a just helpmate and protector to someone with hidden power. As the image of her as a political interloper grew, she sought to explicitly deny that she was the power behind the throne. At the end of her time as First Lady, however, she said that her husband had not been well served by his staff. She acknowledged her role in reaction in influencing him on personnel decisions, saying, In no way do I apologize for it. She wrote in her memoirs, I don't think I was as bad, or as extreme in my power or my weakness, as I was depicted, but went on. However the first lady fits in, she has a unique and important role to play in looking after her husband. And it's only natural that she'll let him know what she thinks. I always did that for Ronnie, and I always will. Breast Cancer In October 1987, a mammogram detected a lesion in Reagan's left breast and she was subsequently diagnosed with breast cancer. She chose to undergo a mastectomy rather than a lumpectomy, and the breast was removed on October 17, 1987. Ten days after the operation, her 99-year-old mother, Edith Luckett Davis, died in Phoenix, Arizona, leading Reagan to dub the period, a terrible month. After the surgery, more women across the country had mammograms, which exemplified
2: the influence that the first lady possessed. Later life. Though Reagan was a controversial first lady, 56% of Americans had a favorable opinion of her when her husband left office on January 20, 1989, with 18% having an unfavorable opinion, and the balance not giving an opinion. Compared to fellow first ladies when their husbands left office, Reagan's approval was higher than those of Rosalind Carter, Hillary Clinton and Melania Trump. However, she was less popular than Barbara Bush and Michelle Obama, and her disapproval rating was double that of Carter's. Upon leaving the White House, the couple returned to California, where wealthy friends purchased them a home in the wealthy Eastgate Old Bel Air neighborhood of Bel Air, Los Angeles, dividing their time between Bel Air and the Reagan Ranch in Santa Barbara, California. Ronald and Nancy regularly attended the Bel Air church as well. After leaving Washington, Reagan made numerous public appearances, many on behalf of her husband. She continued to reside at the Bel Air home, where she lived with her husband until he died on June 5, 2004. Early Post-White House Activities In late 1989, the former first lady established the Nancy Reagan Foundation, which aimed to continue to educate people about the dangers of substance abuse. The foundation teamed with the Best Foundation for a Drug-Free Tomorrow in 1994, and developed the Nancy Reagan after-school program. She continued to travel around the United States, speaking out against drug and alcohol abuse. Her memoirs, My Turn, The Memoirs of Nancy Reagan, are an account of her life in the White House commenting openly about her influence within the Reagan administration, and discussing the myths and controversies that surrounded the couple. In 1991, the author Kitty Kelly wrote an unauthorized and largely unsighted biography about Reagan, repeating accounts of a poor relationship with her children, and introducing rumors of alleged sexual relations with singer Frank Sinatra. A wide range of sources commented that Kelly's largely unsupported claims are most likely false. In 1989, The ERs began investigating the Reagans over allegations they owed additional tax on the gifts and loans of high fashion clothes and jewelry to the First Lady during their time in the White House. In 1992, the IRS determined the Reagans had failed to include some $3 million worth of fashion items between 1983 and 1988 on their tax returns. They were billed for a large amount of back taxes and interest, which was subsequently paid. After President Reagan revealed that he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 1994, She made herself his primary caregiver, and became actively involved with the National Alzheimer's Association and its affiliate, the Ronald and Nancy Reagan Research Institute in Chicago, Illinois. In April 1997, Nancy Reagan joined President Bill Clinton and former presidents Ford and Bush in signing the Summit Declaration of Commitment in advocating for participation by private citizens in solving domestic issues within the United States. Nancy Reagan was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. The nation's highest civilian honor, by President George W. Bush on July 9, 2002. President Reagan received his own Presidential Medal of Freedom in January 1993. Reagan and her husband were jointly awarded the Congressional Gold Medal on May 16, 2002, at the United States Capitol Building, and were only the third president and first lady to receive it. She accepted the medal on behalf of both of them. Funeral for President Reagan Ronald Reagan died in their Bel Air home on June 5, 2004. During the seven-day state funeral, Nancy, accompanied by her children and military escort, led the nation in mourning. She kept a strong composure, traveling from her home to the Reagan Library for a memorial service, then to Washington, D.C., where her husband's body lay in state for 34 hours prior to a national funeral service in the Washington National Cathedral. She returned to the library in Simi Valley for a sunset memorial service and interment, where, overcome with emotion, she lost her composure and cried in public for the first time during the week. After receiving the folded flag, she kissed the casket and mouthed, I love you, before leaving. During the week, CNN journalist Wolf Blitzer said, she's a very, very strong woman, even though she looks frail. She had directed the detailed planning of the funeral, which included scheduling all the major events and asking former President George H.W. Bush, as well as former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, former Soviet Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev, and former Canadian Prime Minister Brian Mulroney to speak during the National Cathedral Service. She paid very close attention to the details, something she had always done in her husband's life. Betsy Bloomingdale, one of Reagan's closest friends, stated, She looks a little frail. But she is very strong inside. She is. She has the strength. She is doing her last thing for Ronnie. And she is going to get it right. The funeral marked her first major public appearance since she delivered a speech to the 1996 Republican National Convention on her husband's behalf. The funeral had a great impact on her public image. Following substantial criticism during her tenure as First Lady, she was seen somewhat as a national heroine, praised by many for supporting and caring for her husband while he suffered from Alzheimer's disease. U.S. News & World Report opined, after a decade in the shadows, a different, softer Nancy Reagan emerged. Widowhood. Following her husband's death, Reagan remained active in politics, particularly relating to stem cell research. Beginning in 2004, she favored what many consider to be the Democratic Party's position, and urged President George W. Bush to support federally funded embryonic stem cell research, in the hope that this science could lead to a cure for Alzheimer's disease. Although she failed to change the president's position, she did support his campaign for a second term. In 2005. Reagan was honored at a gala dinner at the Ronald Reagan Building in Washington, D.C., where guests included Dick Cheney, Harry Reid, and Condoleezza Rice. In 2007, she attended the National Funeral Service for Gerald Ford in the Washington National Cathedral. Reagan hosted two 2008 Republican presidential debates at the Reagan Presidential Library, the first in May 2007 and the second in January 2008. On March 25, she formally endorsed Senator John McCain, then the presumptive Republican Party nominee for president, but McCain would go on to lose the election to Barack Obama. Reagan attended the funeral of Lady Bird Johnson in Austin, Texas, on July 14, 2007, and three days later accepted the highest Polish distinction, the Order of the White Eagle, on behalf of Ronald Reagan at the Reagan Library. The Reagan Library opened the temporary exhibit, Nancy Reagan, a First Lady's style, which displayed over 80 designer dresses belonging to her. Reagan's health and well-being became a prominent concern in 2008. In February, she suffered a fall at her Bel Air home and was taken to St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica, California. Doctors reported that she did not break her hip as feared, and she was released from the hospital two days later. News commentators noted that Reagan's step had slowed significantly, as the following month she walked in very slow strides with John McCain. In October 2008, Reagan was admitted to Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center after falling at home. Doctors determined that the 87-year-old had fractured her pelvis and sacrum, and could recuperate at home with a regimen of physical therapy. As a result of her mishap, medical articles were published containing information on how to prevent falls. In January 2009, Reagan was said to be improving every day and starting to get out more and more. In March 2009, She praised President Barack Obama for reversing the ban on federally funded embryonic stem cell research. She traveled to Washington, D.C. in June 2009 to unveil a statue of her late husband in the Capitol Rotunda. She was also on hand as President Obama signed the Ronald Reagan Centennial Commission Act, and lunched privately with Michelle Obama. Reagan revealed in an interview with Vanity Fair that Michelle Obama had telephoned her for advice on living and entertaining in the White House. Following the death of Senator Ted Kennedy in August 2009, she said she was terribly saddened. Given our political differences, people are sometimes surprised how close Ronnie and I have been to the Kennedy family. I will miss him. She attended the funeral of Betty Ford in Rancho Mirage, California, on July 12, 2011. Reagan hosted a 2012 Republican presidential debate at the Reagan Presidential Library on September 7, 2011. She suffered a fall in March 2012. Two months later, she endured several broken ribs, which prevented her from attending a speech given by Paul Ryan in the Reagan Presidential Library in May 2012. She endorsed Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney on May 31, 2012, explaining that her husband would have liked Romney's business background and what she called, strong principles. Following the death of former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in April 2013, she stated, The world has lost a true champion of freedom and democracy. Ronnie and I knew her as a dear and trusted friend, and I will miss her. Death and Funeral
0: On March 6, 2016, Nancy Reagan died of congestive heart failure at her home in Los Angeles the age of 94. On March 7, President Barack Obama issued a presidential proclamation ordering the flag of the United States to be flown at half-staff until sunset on the day of Reagan's interment. Her funeral was held on March 11 at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. Representatives from ten first families were in attendance, including former President George W. Bush and First Ladies Michelle Obama, Laura Bush, Hillary Clinton, and Rosalind Carter. The other representatives were presidential children Stephen Ford, Tricia Nixon-Cox, Lucy Baines Johnson, and Caroline Kennedy, and presidential grandchild Ann eisenhower Flottle. Other prominent individuals in attendance included California Governor Jerry Brown and former Governors Arnold Schwarzenegger and Pete Wilson, then former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, and former members of the Reagan administration, including George P. Schultz and Edwin Meese. A sizable contingent from the Hollywood entertainment industry attended as well, including Mr. T. Maria Shriver, Wayne Newton, Johnny Mathis, Angelica Houston, John Stamos, Tom Selleck, Bo Derek, and Melissa Rivers. In all there were some 1,000 guests. Eulogies were given by former Prime Minister of Canada Brian Mulroney, former Secretary of State James Baker, Diane Sawyer, Tom Brokaw, and her children Patty Davis and Ron Reagan. After the funeral, Nancy Reagan was interred next to her husband. Awards and
1: honors As noted earlier, Nancy Reagan was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2002 and the Congressional Gold Medal in the same year. In 1989, she received the Council of Fashion Designers of America's Lifetime Achievement Award. As First Lady, Nancy Reagan received an Honorary Doctorate of Laws degree from Pepperdine University in 1983. Later, she received an Honorary Doctor of Humane Letters degree from Eureka College in Illinois, her husband's alma mater, in 2009. Filmography
0: As Nancy Davis, she also made a number of television appearances from 1953 to 1962, as a guest star in dramatic shows or installments of anthology series. These included Ford Television Theater, Schlitz Playhouse of Stars, Dick Powell's Zane Gray Theater, Wagon Train, The Tall Man, and General Electric Theater. Stay tuned.